Welcome to this new life podcast. It is our desire that you learn all of the benefits of the abundant life that you have in Jesus Christ, so you can live your life to its fullest. Listen and be encouraged. What I want to do today is I want to share with you uh, a message from my heart and Sister Shadi. She was going to be here today, but she has another taping at the same time, so she's just told me a lot of things that she wants to share. I want to take some time to share with you as a follow-up to last Sunday. I pray that you were able to watch last Sunday, very powerful Sunday, uh, kind of a historical uh, Sunday for our church. We're all excited as we continue to progress together. Uh, the installation service of Pastor Josel and Mylene as lead pastors here in Alabang. So if you did not see that service, please go online, watch that service, and catch the heart and the compassion and just the, the genuineness of what God was sharing and speaking into us as a congregation and for our future. Uh, I believe this service will bless you. And, uh, but I want to share something with you today as a follow-up. We've been talking about revival and then the last couple of weeks going into the installation of uh, Pastor Joseph and Mylene here at New Life and how this carries on and affects our lives, how it fits with revival, how it fits into where we're going as a church, how it touches us individually as believers, how it affects our homes and how it affects us as a church and a community and also how it affects us as a network of churches around the nation of the Philippines and all over Asia and the world. And like I said, this is a life message that I want to leave with you. It's August 2 today, and uh, so this will be the last time I'm here on the platform preaching for a while. Uh, I will be leaving in three days to go to the States to see my dad and spend some time comforting him and my, my sister, and Shadi uh, will be with her family. So it's a great opportunity for me to make a last deposit uh, for a little while, for a few months at least. So I want to talk about generosity. Now some of you are thinking, oh, now here we go, he's going to talk about money. Well, a little bit's got to do with money, but I want to talk about it as a life message and how it affects your heart. I believe that this will help to secure your future days and guard your heart from fear and anxiety, and lack. And if there's anything that I want New Life as a church to be known, well, there's many things I want New Life to be known for as a church, but one of the things as a church, as a people, as a community of believers, I want us to be known as a generous house. I want us to be known as a generous people. And I pray that as I go through this message that you will see and understand that generosity is more than just the giving of money. It is the giving in the way that we live. It's the way that we communicate with people. It's the way that we touch lives. I've had a lot of people over the years say, oh, you know, that, that church, that's a, that's, a, that's a rich church. Well, no, to be honest with you, the blessings that come from this house is because the people of this house have purposed to be generous. And in purposing to be generous, not only with their money, but with their time, their talent, and yes, their treasure, God has blessed it and done just miraculous, abounding things in our lives, in the church, and through the church, and across the country. Uh, Deuteronomy 8.18 says, And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you the power to get wealth, that He may establish His covenant, which He swore to your fathers, 
as it is this day. Another paraphrase or translation of that says, It is God who gives you the ability to prosper so He can fulfill His purpose through you. You know, we need to make sure that in all of the blessings that come into our lives, we need to be quick to acknowledge who the giver of every good and perfect gift is, and it's Him. Every good and perfect gift comes down from above, the Bible says. And so I want us to acknowledge that the, give, the giver and the one who gives us the ability to gain wealth and to prosper in what we put our hand to, it's God. And the reason that He causes us to prosper is so that He can fulfill a purpose by using us individually and as a church. Two words that I believe should be inseparable, and that is prosper and purpose, or prosperity and generosity. I believe there is always a purpose to our prosperity. Yes, I believe God wants to bless you. I believe that He wants to meet your needs. But what God does in your life and with your life and through your life is always supposed to be bigger than just your life. We do not live lives unto ourselves. We do not live self-focused and and uh, self-absorbed. And the church certainly is never supposed to be that way. We should be living to live and give and love and demonstrate who Jesus really is in a very hurting, wounded, and dark world right now, which means we need to be focused on others and not just ourselves. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 9 says, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns, notice it says barns, plural, barns, will be filled with plenty, and your vats will overflow with new wine. One of the things that I want to encourage you, and I know right now we're in the middle of a very challenging situation. I know the economy is challenged. I know that people have lost jobs, and people are concerned about their future. So this is not a a message of me trying to get money from you. And those of you that know me, those of you that, that are in New Life, and those that have you been around us for many, many years, you know the balance of what we teach. So this message is not about what I'm trying to get from you. This is a message of what I want to see get established in you, a truth of you becoming a generous person, a truth of you becoming one who always honors God with what you have and who you are. And why do I share this in challenging times? Because this will secure you. This will strengthen you. This will help you. This will be a foundation in your faith that no matter the time, the circumstance, or the situations that surround you, you trust God because God's Word is true in your life. As we honor the Lord with the things that we have and the way that we give, He said that our barns will be filled with plenty. How is God going to do it? I don't know how He does all the things that He does. I don't know all the ways in which that He's going to work to bring things to pass in my life. But I am required to do one thing, and that's trust His Word, that His Word is true, that His Word has never failed. And Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my Word by no means will ever pass away. So I trust Him. I trust Him that as I honor Him, His provision will be seen in my life. Matthew 6, 19 through 21 
says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven. For where neither, where neither rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You will find the direction of your heart revealing to you what your true treasure is. God doesn't care of the things that you have on earth. I don't think he really minds how many cars you have or motorcycles you have. I don't think he cares how much jewelry you have. I don't really think he cares how big your house is or how many houses you have. As long as the cars and the things and the houses are not your treasure, that he is your treasure, that living for him is your treasure, that the things of this earth do not own you, you own them. As long as you control the things you own, I think it's all good. But when the things you own control you, so basically you don't own them, they own you. I don't think God's against things. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. God will add things to your life. He will add the houses. He'll add the blessings. He'll add the great job. But I keep my eyes on him, I always honor him, I worship him, and I trust him, and I control the things that I have, I don't let the things that I have control me. It is the things, possessions is the things, possessions or people and purpose that is eternal and heavenly. I want my purpose not to be earthly or temporary. I want the purpose for, the, for why I live my life the way I live and why I give the way I do to affect things that are eternal and heavenly. The greatest direction I can give my heart and my life to is to connect to something that has eternal value. I want to read in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 through 7, Paul says, Moreover, brethren, we make it known to you the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. This is talking about the Philippian church. That in great trial of affliction, affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty. Can you imagine that? An abundance of joy in the midst of deep poverty. Abounding in the riches of of their liberality or generosity. They had great joy even when they were challenged with poverty, but it still resulted in generosity and liberality. For I bear witness that according to their ability, yes, and beyond their ability, they were freely willing, imploring us with much urgency that we should receive the gift, the fellowship of ministering to the saints, And not only as we had hoped, but they first gave themselves to the Lord and then to us by the will of God. See, there's another portion of generosity where you are giving the most valuable thing that you have. And the most valuable thing that you have doesn't come out of your pocket. It's this right here. It's the giving of self. And so Paul is uh, commending these people that not only did they give even when they were challenged with lack, But they freely gave of themselves, number one, to the Lord. And then Paul says, and they freely gave of themselves 
to us by the will of God. So we urge Titus that as he had become, begun, he would also complete this grace in you as well. And this very important verse here, verse 7. But as you abound in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all diligence, and in your love for us, see that you abound in this grace also. In the New Living uh, Translation, verse 7 says it this way. Since you excel in so many ways, in your faith, your gifted speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, and your love from us, I also want you to excel in the gracious act of giving. That is my heart's prayer, and Sister Shadi, that this church, this house, you would be known for the way that you give. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 Verse 6, but this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Let each one give as he purposes in his heart. So listen, this message is not meant to uh, intimidate or manipulate. You receive the Word of God. Our prayer has always been that our people would listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit and respond as the Spirit of God leads you. Never allow yourself to be manipulated or to come under condemnation by anybody trying to use you on television or in person concerning your money. You hear the Word of the Lord. You listen to the Spirit of God. And then let each one give as he purposes in his own heart. You do not let another person purpose how you are supposed to give. Between you and God, you purpose in your own heart how you're supposed to give. Not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Not fearful giver, not tearful giver, but a cheerful giver. And then it goes on to say, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. See, I believe the reason that God wants us to be cheerful givers is because He wants to multiply it back into us, into our houses, our homes, our families, our businesses, and our church, so through that abundance we can increase in what we do in our community, in our nation, and our world. As it is written, he has dispersed abroad, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower, who supplies the seed? God. Who's the sower? You. Listen, he may be the supplier of the seed, but God doesn't sow for you. That's the choice that you and I make. Now may he who supplies the seed to the sower and bread for food. See, I love that. God supplies to you and I two things, something for us to eat and something for us to sow. The value of our sowing is that as we sow it, as we release it, it is multiplied and it comes back pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Eat your bread, sow your seed. Do not eat your seed. If you eat your seed, you have eaten your future. And when it's time for that harvest to come, you will be in lack. And then do not blame God because at that point in time you're lacking. 
He gave you bread, but what happened is when he gave you seed to sow, instead of sowing and trusting him for that which would come into your future that he wants to abound in your life, you ate your future. Don't eat your future. While you are enriched in everything for all liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us to God, for the administration of this service, in other words, the working of our giving, not only supplies the needs of the saints, but also is abounding through many thanksgiving to God. In other words, not only are needs met, but it's causing rejoicing to come throughout the body of Christ because people's needs and lives are being touched. While through the proof of this ministry, they glorify God for the obedience of your confession to the gospel of Christ and for your liberal sharing with men, with them and all men. In other words, the generosity of their giving has touched so many other people's lives. Their needs are being met. They are honoring God. They are blessing God. And it's because of the generosity that comes from this house. Paul is commending the church in, in Macedonia. He's commending the Philippian church. And that's the church that he speaks to and says, because of your giving, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I love the fact that it says God loves a cheerful giver. Proverbs eleven twenty four through 25 says, there is one who scatters sows, and yet increases more. Isn't it amazing that you have it in your hand, but as you release it, it causes you to increase. These are the principles that I'm wanting you to get a hold of, that as you release it, as you scatter it, you are not waving goodbye. As you scatter it, as you sow it, you are saying, I will see you in my future. I release you now, but the next time I see you, you will be bigger than you presently are. There was one who scatters yet increases more, and there was one who withholds more than is right. Listen, it says one who withholds more than is right. Don't give everything away that comes into your life. Let the Spirit of God lead you. Don't be manipulated by other people. Don't let other people pressure you. Follow the peace of God that you have in your heart. And when you have an unction to sow, you have an unction to, to give. And in this verse here, it says, there's one who withholds more than is right. You take care of your family. You, you never hurt your family to bless somebody else. God is big enough to meet not only your needs and your family and bless somebody else. He doesn't have to hurt one to bless somebody else. And God never wants to hurt your family. Understand that. He's never wanting to bring you into a place of lack to bless somebody else. When he says there's one that withholds more than is right, there's a portion you are supposed to withhold that you keep for yourself, that you take care of your family and your responsibilities, but not more than what is right. And it's the Spirit of God that tells you that, not somebody preaching on television, not even me right now. You listen to the Spirit of God. It says there's one who withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty. Because if you don't sow, you don't reap. The generous soul... The liberal soul will be made rich. Another translation says fat. Uh, I, I like rich better than fat. 
and he who waters will himself be watered also. It says the generous soul, the one whose mind and will and emotion has purpose to walk with generosity, with liberality. Generosity is the quality or fact of being plentiful or large. It is the continued expression and demonstration of giving in a free-flowing and liberal way, living with an open hand. In other words, your generosity enlarges those around you, and it causes you to be enlarged. The opposite of generosity, I guess, would be stingy or koriput, if I said that right. It's unwilling to give or spend, ungenerous, tight-fisted, living with a closed hand. I don't want to live with a closed hand holding tightly to what I have because if I'm holding so tightly to what I have, God can't put any more in there. But if I release freely and I live with an open hand, if, because my hand is open to give, my hand is always open to receive. That doesn't mean that those that I give to are the ones that are going to give it back. No, I trust God with the seeds that I sow. I'm not looking to receive from man. I trust God and whoever He wants to use, however He wants to do it. How generous, now when it says the generous soul will be made fat, I, I want to go into talking about generosity because generosity is not just measured in the money that comes out of your pocket. How generous am I in giving thanks? How generous am I in praise, in prayer, in kindness, in acknowledging others? How generous am I in forgiving? How generous am, am I in the giving of my words and also by the giving of my hand? How generous am I in making myself available to God and people? Am I stingy with my words? Am I stingy with my kindness and my love, my consideration, my time, my money, or my appreciation? I don't want to be stingy. I don't want to be stingy with my smiles. I don't want to be stingy with my honoring of other people. I want to be generous in my soul, in my mind, my will, and my emotions. I want to be generous with the most valuable thing that I have. That's my life. You know, one thing that can be replaced is money. But when you give your days and you give portions of your heart to people, you are giving the most valuable thing that you have. That's true generosity. Not the convenience. Money is good, but sometimes money is not going to fix the problem. True prosperity is the ability to meet the need, whatever it is. And sometimes it's not money that's going to meet the need. Sometimes it's going to be time. It's going to be consideration. It may be a couple hours of prayer helping to pray off a heaviness or a weight or depression that is crushing somebody. It may be hours of listening to someone who is brokenhearted because a loved one has passed away or they're fighting a battle of a physical situation or a disease or a sickness or loss of job or, or confusion or uncertainty concerning the future. And, and money won't fix that. But your attention and your time and your love and your consideration, there's a generosity of self. And that's what I want to see in this house, that we are a generous house, that we don't just generously give our money, but it is our life and our love and our mercy and the grace that flows from this house. There's a generosity of whatever's needed and necessary to meet the need. Sometimes it's money, other times it's many other things. 
Peter and Paul walking into the temple, and they see the crippled man. Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. Well, silver and gold wasn't going to fix the guy's need anyway. He had been begging every single day. He was receiving gifts. But Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have, I'm going to give you. I want us to be generous in our love and compassion and use of the power of God and prayer to see God do miracles in the lives of other people because your generosity causes you to look and see beyond your own needs and beyond yourself. A stingy person is self-focused. A stingy church is self-focused, and the church was never intended to be self-focused because the church is the body of Christ, and Jesus was not self-focused. God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. Jesus, always seeing the multitude, seeing the needs, was moved with compassion. In a generous house, in a generous church, in a generous people, they are aware and they see And they respond out of their generosity, their love, their mercy, their kindness, their care, their consideration, their prayers. And then sometimes they're giving whatever's needed and necessary to see the need met. Your Your most valuable giving at times will be you. Do we truly see that our words and actions are seeds of generosity that are sown into everyday life? And people in God, in, into everyday life and people. And God takes those seeds and He multi- multiplies it back to us in an overflowing way. I have watched my wife over the years. She's really, Shana, Sister Shanti has just taught me just to constantly be a giver. As, as she is packing and preparing to go to the States for a number of months, she's been cleaning her closets, and every single day she feels the back of my car. And we go to a certain place and we have these blessing bags and we just stop and we just pass things out. It's just been her lifestyle. I've seen her give to people in grocery stores. I've seen her give to people in, in, in uh, restaurants. I've seen her buy uh, lunches and meals for people uh, who don't even know who we are. We don't even know who they are. And we just leave the restaurant and just to let the, the waitress tell them that their food's been paid for. Look for an opportunity to be generous. Too many times we're looking for an opportunity to be blessed and not looking for the opportunities to be a blessing. Giving and being generous is something that you purpose in your heart. Galatians 6, 9 says, Let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are the household of faith. Psalms 35, verse 27 through 28. I love these verses. I, say, I speak these verses out every day because that's what it tells me to do. It says, let them shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause. I am in favor of the cause of of Christ. I am in favor of God's righteous cause. And because I'm in favor of His righteous cause, not my cause, but His cause, it's something that I live my life for, it determines the way that I live, it determines the way that I love, so therefore it determines the way that I give. So let them shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause, and let them say continually. Well, if you're going to say it continually, that's probably every day. 
So I say this every day because I have purpose to, to live in favor of God's cause. This is what it says to say every day. Let the Lord be magnified who takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Have you purposed in your life to serve him with all of your heart? Because he takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. See, because when you are in favor of God's cause, you will find yourself being involved in the cause of God. You'll find yourself serving in the cause of God, serving in the house of God through your prayers, through your love, through your worship, through your thanksgiving, through your giving into the house, through your giving into other people's life, where, where God's righteous cause in somebody's life outside of church that you become aware of and you get involved through your giving. The Bible says, let them... Let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. And my tongue shall speak of your righteousness and your praise all day long. I want joy and gladness in my life. So I have purpose to live and be in agreement and favor with the righteous cause of God. Where have you positioned yourself to be in favor, in agreement, and involvement with a righteous cause of his church and his body in the earth today and in this generation. Where my being in favor of his, God, of his cause positions me to serve in different aspects or avenues of his cause. So that's why I declare it daily. When I purpose to be generous, God prospers what I put my hand to, which enables me to be even more generous. The first covenant that God makes with man, with Abraham, he sets the standard and the purpose of blessing and prospering. He said to Abraham, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. He said, listen, Abraham, I'm going to bless you, but I'm going to bless you in order that you will also become a blessing. Psalms chapter 1. I love how it begins. It says, blessed. Blessed. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, the critical, the judgmental. I have a hard time with judgmental and critical people. They, those are people that I choose not to hang around. I, I don't like that spirit. I, I, I find it contrary to the spirit of Christ. Uh, I love mercy and grace and kindness, consideration and compassion, but I have a very hard time being around judgment, judgmental and critical people because uh, I don't feel safe around them because I don't know when it won't be long and they're going to turn that on me. And, and I don't want to hear it about other people, so I'm not going to sit in, 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 in with people like that. But my delight, but his delight is in the law, the word of the Lord. And in that law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does will prosper. God wants to prosper you. But remember, there's two words that I said should never be separated. That's prosperity and purpose. Prosperity and generosity. 
We do not apologize for talking about prosperity in this house because we know the purpose of our prosperity is that we would be a generous church. The purpose of our prosperity is not just to receive and come in and we withhold it all. Listen, there's, there's the Dead Sea and there's the Sea of Galilee. Sea of Galilee, the Jordan River flows into it and the Jordan River flows through it. And as the Jordan River flows out of the Sea of Galilee, it comes into the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea receives and it has no avenue of flowing out. Do not become a Dead Sea where everything flows into you and nothing flows out of you. Listen, my friends, the reason God wants you to be generous because if He can get it through you, He will bring so much more to you. 3 John 2 said, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, even as your soul prospers. God wants your soul to prosper, your mind, your will, and your emotions. I read earlier that the generous soul shall be made fat, shall be made abundant, shall be made large, shall be made rich. I want to see your soul prosper. I want to see your mind and your will and your emotions that you purpose in your heart to be a giver. And I'm not talking just about money. I'm not talking about just offerings. I'm not just talking about tithes and offerings. I'm talking about the way that you give of yourself. Maybe you need to give a little bit more time to your husband or to your wife. Maybe you need to be more generous to your kids because what they want uh, more from you than the gifts is they want time with you. Maybe the time you need to spend on the phone listening to that person who just needs an ear. Maybe, maybe it's an ear that you need to give. That you would be so filled with the wisdom of God and the peace of God and the strength and the courage that comes from His Word that you would be so generous in the words that you could speak into other people's lives that you have time for others in their hurt and their pain because you have time to look, you have time to see, you have time to care, you have time to speak, you have time to love, you have time to share. And let me tell you, in this time of lockdown, in this time of challenge with the virus and people not able to go to work and people locked in their homes, where you purposely look for five people that you can generously give your words to, that you can generously give your encouragement to. The Bible says that we should encourage one another daily. And all the more as we see the day approaching, as we encourage, we add strength. Who can you add strength to? Who can you give wisdom to? Who can you bring peace into someone's heart because you thought about them, because you considered them? Generosity, my friends, is not just a check that you write. It's not just an offering that you give. It's the love that you give out. It's the way that you give out of yourself in an unselfish manner. Only as our souls begin to prosper will we begin to prosper in wisdom and peace and joy and courage and compassion and, and faith and hope. And then we purpose in our hearts to be the cheerful giver that God wants us to. Walking in His prosperity for the purpose of being generous, a generous soul, a generous church, filled with generous people, giving in every area to meet the needs of those around us, manifesting the love and the power of God, that's meeting people's needs, setting captives free, seeing the broken and the wounded made free and whole, 
a loving, generous, caring, genuine, faith-filled, spirit-empowered community that is committed to make Jesus known to people in everyday life, out where the people are, where we have opportunity to give. Don't grow weary in doing good. Don't grow weary in your generosity. It's my prayer that you look for opportunities to give. And it's not always big. Sometimes it may be small, but it's the consideration. It's the seeing. It's becoming aware of the people around you and recognizing that you have an opportunity to be a blessing. Don't sit and wait to be blessed. Let me encourage you, New Life. Let me encourage you, those that are watching. Your needs are not met because of how you are blessed. Your needs are met because of how you purpose to be a blessing. And as you purpose to be a blessing, as you purpose to be generous, you will watch the fullness of God come back into your life. Sometimes it's money. Many times it's something else. It's your time. It's your talent. It's your treasure. It's your ability. It's your love. It's your prayer. It may be your listening ear. It may be the words and the wisdom and the strength and the peace that comes out of your mouth. But I pray that you purpose. It's not an accident. It's something that you'll have to purpose. Let each man give as he purposes. You purpose to be a giver, not a taker. Jesus was the single greatest giver that ever walked on the earth. And it's my prayer that our house, this church, would be known for its generosity, for its love, for its compassion, for its power. That whatever the need is, there's a fullness that flows out of this house because of the way that you give, because of the way that you love, because of the way that you praise, because of the way that you pray. In your life, we love you. And I pray that you catch this. I pray that you purpose in your heart, Lord, help me. Help me to walk as a generous person. Help me to become that generous soul, looking for the opportunities, not just to receive. As Jesus said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. I want you blessed. Purpose to be a blessing. You won't be able to stop it from coming in. Father, thank you for these words. Let them reach into the depths of every person's heart. Let it become real to them as they purpose to become generous, as they purpose to become a giver. And whatever form that takes and whatever the need is that they become aware of, that it is you on the inside of them, giving them the ability and the power to make a difference in that need and that life. I thank you for this church. I thank you for new life. I thank you for Pastors Josel and Mylene. I thank you for the staff and the leadership of this church, for the generosity and the flow that comes out of this house, bringing tremendous change in our community, our nation, and our world. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Thank you for joining us today. We believe that God's powerful word can bring a change in your situation and transform your life. So we encourage you to share this message to your family and friends so they too can know of the new life that God has for them. If you prayed to receive Jesus for the first time or was simply blessed by this message, we invite you to connect with us. Follow us on Facebook at newlife.ph, Instagram at newlife underscore ph, and subscribe to our YouTube channel, New Life Media PH. You can also email us at connect at newlife.ph. We will be so glad to hear from you. To support the ministry, please visit newlife.ph slash alabang slash give. Your generosity is greatly appreciated. God bless you.